So good to see you this weekend as we come before God's Word together. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, we are doing a series. We started a series last weekend on the Lord's Prayer. We're continuing that series together this weekend. I think most of us have probably heard the Lord's Prayer at some point in our lives, right? We've probably memorized it maybe in church school. Maybe you grew up in a background where you went to something called church school or Sunday school. and So you heard the Lord's Prayer. You memorized the Lord's Prayer. Maybe you have a copy of it in your house. Many of us maybe have a cross stitch that your grandma made or maybe that you found at, what is it, Hobby Lobby or whatever that place is called. It has all the cool things that the ladies like, right? Maybe you found a nice picture of the Lord's Prayer and you've got that in your house. Many of us have said the Lord's Prayer over and over many times for different reasons throughout our lives. But have you ever stopped to think about what it actually says? Have you actually studied the Lord's Prayer? That's what we're doing in this series together because the Lord's Prayer, as we talked about last time, was really originally given to us as a model. God wanted to teach us how to pray so that we would have a better understanding of how to have a relationship with Him. Maybe you've struggled with that before. Isn't that a good question? How on earth does someone possibly talk to God? Amen? How does someone have a conversation with the Creator of the universe? In a sense, we shouldn't worry too much about that because prayer is really just a conversation, isn't it? Prayer is really just, when you love somebody, it's not hard, is it, in a sense? When you love somebody, it's not hard, in a sense, to talk to that something. The conversation, in some sense, just freely flows because you care about that person. You want to be with them. You want to spend time with them. But we talked about last time, and just much like with our spouse, when you love your spouse... It's not a strain. It's not a struggle with your best friend. It's not hard to talk to that person. But all of us would admit that as a spouse, as even a best friend, we are learning how to talk to the people that we care about. Amen? And so in that sense, we're studying this model prayer that God gave us to teach us how to do that in our relationship with Him. Prayer is such an important part of our lives, isn't it? How many times have you cried out to God in your life? Amen? How many times have you asked God, God, I need your help. God, I I don't have the money to pay this bill. Lord, I don't have the ability to change my child's heart. God, I can't stop them from ruining their life. God, I need you. Lord, I don't know what I'm supposed to do in my life. I need your direction. I remember a moment, I believe it was 1998. I believe a moment of prayer, for, I remember a moment of prayer for my life. I remember I was, I was a youth pastor in North Carolina, and I remember uh, we were praying about, our youth group was praying about uh, going somewhere on, on a mission trip. And I remember God began stirring on my heart that our youth group needed to come to New York to come and to help the churches that were here in New York. But there was only one problem. I didn't know anybody in New York. And I don't know why, but God began stirring on my heart that that we were to come and to help churches in New York. And so I remember stepping out of my office 
And walking up to the front of the room that we worshiped in, and I just got down on my knees, like right here in front of where God's word was spoken every week. And I got on my knees and I said this. I said, God, I believe that you are speaking to our heart about going and helping some pastor in New York to do the work that he's doing. And Lord, I don't know who he is, but I believe that you have one right now. And somehow, God, would you connect us together? I am not kidding you. I got up from my knees. This is going to blow you away. I got up. You know what I'm going to say, don't you? I got up from my knees, walked back to my office, got a phone call from the secretary, Pastor Robbie, there's a pastor from New York who wants to talk to you. Isn't that awesome? That was a moment of prayer that changed my life. Because I brought our youth group on a mission trip And that was a process that that God began to use in my life that ultimately ended up in leading our family two years later to come here to start New Hope. That was a prayer that changed my life. And in a sense, it has highly impacted your lives as well. Isn't that incredible? Prayer is such an important part of our lives, isn't it? So we need to understand how to talk to God. As we started this series last week, we said that, you know what? It's not just the Lord's Prayer. If you study this passage in which in Matthew chapter 6, in which the Lord's Prayer is found, at least in the book of Matthew, right before that prayer is given, Jesus actually starts teaching about prayer before the Lord's Prayer comes along. So it's not just about studying the Lord's Prayer. We're going to study the Lord's Prayer. But Jesus gave kind of some introductory uh, comments or teaching before He actually got to this model prayer. And so that's what we've been doing last week. We kind of did maybe part one of that introduction. And that's what we're going to do this week. And we're going to talk about introducing the Lord's Prayer. We're headed towards studying that model prayer. But we're looking at some of the things that Jesus said just before that. Now before we read the verses that we're going to read for this week, I want to remind you of what we talked about last week. In verse 5, we talked about that Jesus really said to us, first of all, make sure that you are praying. Amen? I mean, if we're going to talk about prayer, he said several times, and we're going to read them today in our verses. He said several times, when you pray and when you are praying. So when you pray. So Jesus was assuming that we actually are going to pray. And then we learned last time that he said to be sincere as we're praying. If you notice, as we read Matthew chapter 6, a lot of what Jesus is saying in this passage, he's teaching us about how to worship God. And a lot of that is impacted by this thought. As you are worshiping God, make sure that your heart is right. Make sure that you're being sincere as you do that, that you're not being fake, that you're not being an actor, that you're not being a hypocrite, that you're not worshiping God as a performance to be seen by other people. Now, that is something that most of us struggle with on some level. Now, I don't believe that most of us in this room are doing what we do for God to be seen by other people, but most of us on some level struggle with pleasing people. Amen? If we're really honest, we all struggle with what do other people see when they see me and what do they think about my life? Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. A powerful verse. For it says, For am I now... Seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? 
If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant, a servant of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, if I spend my life trying to please or trying to impress or trying to perform for other people, then I can't be a servant of God. I'm either a servant of God or I'm going to be a servant of someone else. And so I can't do that. I've got to make a decision. I'm not going to try to ultimately please people. Let me give you another powerful verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. It says, Paul says, but to me, he had some people that were criticizing him. He says, but to me, it is a very small thing that I be examined by you. So what Paul is saying. He actually, he, puts, he makes this a superlative. He doesn't just say it's a small thing. He says it's a very small thing. It's actually a word that is, that is synonymous with the kind of the word microscopic, okay? The way we would use the word microscopic. He says it is a, it is a thing, right? Listen, we don't need to take an attitude. It does, in some ways, it does matter what, how other people see me, right? In the sense that I want to be a good witness for the Lord, right? I don't, want to, I don't want to take an attitude. I don't care what you guys think about me. That wouldn't be very kind, would it? It is a thing, Paul said, but in a sense, it is a very small thing what others think about me. And Paul goes on, I'm just going to paraphrase what he says. He says, I can't examine myself. Therefore, you can't examine me. I can't examine you. Really, I'm going to stand before the Lord one day. Really, only God knows. I can't even examine my life. So we said last week, Jesus said, don't worship God to be seen by others. Remember we talked about hashtag small goals. Amen? The reason I said hashtag small goals, listen, I want to burn that in your mind. I believe God wants to burn that in your minds. I cannot spend my life trying to please other people. The reason we said that's hashtag small goals is because He says, if I spend my life trying to please you, especially when I'm worshiping or serving God. If I get an applause from you, he says, enjoy it. Enjoy it because that applause from you is all I'm getting. That's my reward. I don't know about you, but that ain't enough for me. Amen? Amen. I mean, that applause might feel good for just a minute, but what God offers is so much better. Now, before we move on to our verses for today, I want to mention one other thing. Because I find as we talk about what we're talking about, sometimes there's a misunderstanding of, uh, among God's people about a nuance of what we're talking about here, about pleasing people. The Bible says, don't do what you do so others will praise you. Now listen, that's important. You don't do what you do so that others will praise you. Okay? When you are doing things, you don't do it for the purpose that others will give you praise. But I find that many people who've been in church for a while get that a little bit twisted. Sometimes people will walk up to me after the service and they'll say, Pastor Robbie, thank you for the message. That was such a blessing. Now, I don't want to give you the big head, but thank you for the message. That was such a blessing. And I go, was that a compliment or not? (laughs) Thank you for the message. That was such a blessing. Now, I don't want to give you the big head, but thank you for the message. That was such a... Doesn't that seem like a backhanded compliment? Kind of like you just took away what you gave. Doesn't it feel that way? And here's what I think we do when we get that twisted. I, myself, you, yourself, we're not to seek to do things so that others will praise us or honor us or give us applause. But the Bible does say when we see someone else 
being used by God, we can honor them. We can encourage them. We can affirm them. And especially, uh, sure, we can give the focus, I appreciate how God has used you in my life, right? So even then, I mean, we're not pumping up that other person, but you don't have to take away the compliment. You can just be kind and say, you know what? I thank God for you. There's nothing wrong with honoring. The Bible says in Romans 13, verse 7, give honor to whom honor is due. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 12 through 13, the Bible says, encourage those who are laboring among you, who are doing God's work in your life. So there's nothing wrong with honoring other people's lives. What the Bible's saying is that we should not ourselves, what? Seek that honor. Amen? You see the difference? So now, as Jesus has spoken about those things, He gives us two more things before we get to the Lord's Prayer. Let's look at those in Matthew chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. Matthew 6, verse 6. Let's go back to verse 5 where we start. He's talking about not doing what we do. Verse 1, not doing what we do so that others will notice. Then he talks about, number verse 2, giving to the poor. Then in verse 5, he picks up praying. And then later, in verse uh, verse 16, he's going to talk about fasting. So he's given three examples, but we're focusing on prayer. He says, when you pray, you're not to be like the hypocrites, like the actors, like the pretenders, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that, this is their purpose, so that they may be seen by men. Truly, just like we just said, I say to you, they've got their reward in full. They're paid off. They got what they were looking for. But you, this is where we're picking up this weekend. When you pray, go into your inner room, close your door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying... Do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for the many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. What we're going to do is pick up this weekend on the last two things that Jesus says before He gets to the Lord's Prayer. And the first one is in verse 6. The Bible tells us when we're thinking about prayer, God says that as we're thinking about being a person of prayer, that we need to be thinking about finding places and times in our lives when we can be completely alone with God. Did you see that in verse 6? He says, but you, when you pray, go into your inner room. Listen to these words. Go into your inner room Close your door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now certainly, part of this is what we've been talking about. Some of them were so tempted to do what they did publicly that they needed to be challenged to not go that route. So there is a challenge here to worship the Lord in private. But I don't want you to misunderstand this. This does not mean to say, Jesus is not saying that we can never worship Him publicly. Do you understand that? I mean, you think about much that God has called us to do as a church family is what? Is public. And so the Bible's not saying that we should not sing in front of other people. The Bible's not saying that we should not pray or speak about God in front of other people. Jesus is not saying don't do your worship publicly. He's saying don't do it publicly for the purpose of what? For the purpose of being seen and praised by other people. I'm grateful, as I shared last week, that I do not sense much, if any of that, 
here at New Hope. In fact, if I were to give us a challenge, I might say, maybe we need to be challenged in the other direction. Maybe some of us need to be encouraged to be a little bit more public. Not for the purpose of being seen, but for the purpose of being a blessing. Maybe being more comfortable praying or speaking or singing or worshiping the Lord in front of other people. But having said that, there are a couple of ways that I think maybe that we are a little bit concerned about other people. Not to impress them with how spiritual we are, but maybe some of our challenge in public worship might be this. Maybe for some of us, this is out of my comfort zone. Amen? Maybe for some of us, maybe worshiping the Lord is a very private thing. I understand that. In many ways, I'm a very private person, but we need to understand the difference between private and personal. Your faith is very personal, but it was never intended to be completely private. Do you understand that? My faith, my relationship with God is deeply personal. Amen? You could not get more personal than my relationship and your relationship with God. That is the most... That is the deepest part of my heart is my relationship and your relationship with the Lord. So it is to be a very personal thing, but God never told us that it was to be completely private. And I want to challenge you, if maybe, if maybe you kind of hold yourself close to the vest, that's not to say anybody has to do anything public or anything like that, but I want to encourage you because when I hear you pray, when I see you worship, God speaks to me, Amen. And so if that's you, maybe let God stretch you a little bit. Maybe let God grow you in that way. Another version of this that maybe we need to be challenged a little bit. Many times I hear people say, okay, I mean, we might be in a growth group and and we're praying and somebody will say, okay, I'm going to pray, but I'm not very good at this. Okay? You know, in many ways, that's a very sweet thing to hear, isn't it? For somebody to say, I'm going to try this, but I'm not very good at this, okay? That is a very sweet thing to pray. But but can I tell you that if that is how you feel, in some ways it's revealing that you care about what people think you are saying to God in prayer. And I want to caution you about that. Even though I believe it comes from a very humble place, be very careful about that. And by the way, can I just share with you, we need to hear those prayers. We need to hear people offer honest real, sincere, in faith. I've shared with you before, I have never forgotten one prayer. One of the, I think it was the very first Bible study we ever had. It was on a, on a Wednesday night and a guy, opened up, a guy and a lady opened up their home. At that point, they were not even believers yet. And they opened up their home and they said, you can come to our house. He said, but Pastor Robbie, I don't know how to do this, okay? So y'all can come Y'all can sit in a circle. We'll have some refreshments. But I'm just going to sit there. And I'm not going to do anything. And after a few minutes, God began to to move in his heart. And he said, God, um, I can't talk to you like everybody else here. And Lord, I don't even have my eyes closed like they do. But Lord, I thank you for how you're working in my life. Amen. Amen. I needed that. Amen? We need people from all different places and all different walks in your spiritual walk walk to express yourself to the Lord. So don't worry what other people think. Just talk to your Lord. Amen? So this passage, this verse is not saying public worship is bad. 
No, we need times when we worship sincerely. That's the kicker, right? It needs to be sincere. We need times when we sincerely worship with other people. Very much so. But the Lord does say, He is making the point that public worship is not the only worship. Right? He is making a case here that we need times when we get completely, we need places when we can get completely alone with God. Why is that? First of all, write this down. Sincerity. This is the main point of what Jesus is saying, what we've been talking about. If you really want to pray, if you really want to talk to God, you are going to find time to be alone with Him. And not just when other people are around. In fact, to paraphrase what someone has said, the person, listen, some of us don't want to pray at all. But there are other people that want to pray a lot. And it says, and it's not to say that praying's bad, but, but there's a little bit of caution if that's you. The person who prays more in public than in private reveals that he may be less interested in God and more interested in man. Okay, and I'll say that gently. Because it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with expressing ourselves publicly in prayer. We just said there's everything right about that. We need that. Amen? But if you find yourself talking to God more when other people are around, even in good spots, maybe you come to our our Wednesday night prayer group that focuses on praying for the specific things that are going on in our church family. Maybe during your growth group time. Maybe you, you, you pray every week. Great, we need that. But if that is the only time you pray, if that is the primary time I pray, we need to ask ourselves some questions. Amen? Let me give you some other reasons. Jesus obviously deals with sincerity. But also, I believe He's talking about intimacy. Many times we believers put great value. Listen, I shared a little bit of this last week. Many of us, when we first start our walk with the Lord, it's a walk with God. It's a daily conversation. And so we're just walking throughout our day. We're talking to the Lord. Absolutely. The Bible says that. Pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. But sometimes we see that as the main thing. And we see special times with God as kind of optional. Now there's a great sense in which Walking with God throughout the day brings intimacy, doesn't it? If you walk with God all day, every day, if you're spending time with Him as you're walking throughout your day, that is going to bring intimacy. But listen, friends, in a different way, there is a level of relationship that you will never experience with God until you make a determined decision. And it will have to be determined. Until you make a determined decision that I am going to spend time with God daily. Amen? It's about intimacy. And you will develop it if you spend time with God every... I didn't say just read your Bible. I didn't say just say some prayers. If you spend time with God daily, you will develop a relationship with God like you've never known. It's also important for focus. I know that, that we can, on our way to Albany, on our commute, we can talk to God, Right? On your way to work, I mean, or as you're driving around, as you're doing your work, you know, maybe you work for a parts store and you're delivering parts, or, or maybe you're an attorney and you have a, a large district and you're, you're driving to see clients and different, and so you praise, you talk to God. I know that, that, that that's valuable. But honestly, it's distracting, isn't it? I mean, honestly, I need to pray with God, to God, while I'm in my car. But God says, listen, sometimes 
Let's get away. Sometimes let's go somewhere we can close the door. And God bless you moms. Amen. Because I know you're out there saying, yeah, right. Where's that? And I've heard about moms that just go to the bathroom and close the door and lock it. And just say, leave me alone, people. Leave me alone. Amen. God bless your kids. Give mom a breather. Let her spend some time with the Lord. Amen. God says all of us need that focus. And that's important for the next thing, for clarity. Being alone takes out most of the distractions. Friend, listen, if you get alone with God, listen, I hope this gets you excited. I hope this whets your appetite. I hope this makes you say, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Being alone with God will show you things that you have never seen before. It will really, really help you to get clarity. Now listen, even when you're by yourself, you go in a room somewhere, a bird's going to fly. I remember C.S. Lewis talked about that. A bird's going to fly on the window, and that's going to distract you. All of birds, what kind of bird is that? Don't, doesn't your mind wander during prayer? But all of these things, as we get more and more, that private place, that alone place with God, is going to remove those distractions, and that's going to bring effectiveness. Once all that begins to take place, your prayer life is going to begin making an impact like never before. And the final reason I want to mention is this, is need. Why do we, why is it that God is calling us to get along with Him? Because we need that. In the deepest part of our heart. You know, when we talk about people's spiritual need, there's, we talk about perceived need, and we talk about real needs. Have you ever heard those phrases? Perceived needs are things that I believe I need. And sometimes those are true. Sometimes those are real. So I have perceived needs. Maybe you're here right now. Maybe you came to church because you have some perceived needs. You have some things that that you know that need to happen in your life. But then there's real needs. Those may be equal to perceived needs, but sometimes they're not. Sometimes there's some things that I don't know I need, but I need. Amen? Amen? You may not have come here for this service to be challenged about spending time with God. Maybe there is something totally different. I pray that God ministers to that need that you have. But maybe God's going to amaze you. You know what? I really need this. In fact, as I've been talking about this, some of your hearts have been beating a little bit faster because you know this is the thing, isn't it? This is the thing. Don't you sense it? This is the thing. I've been looking. There's something missing. There's something missing in my life. Listen, and let me tell you how I get a clue for when I need this, when I get frantic, when I start making it up. Anybody feel me? Amen? When I don't know what to do, when I don't have any direction, when Robbie gets a little bit frantic, you know what I need? I need to get along with God. Amen? Maybe you didn't come here believing you needed that, but maybe God's going to speak to you about that. Friend, we may or may not realize it, but we were made to spend time alone with God. You were created for that. And isn't it exciting to know that God is calling you to that? Come away with me for a little while. Come to a quiet place and let's spend some time together. So as Jesus is continuing to to march us toward this teaching about the Lord's Prayer, He says, listen, we need times. We need places in our lives. Do you have that? Would you, would you right now, would you say, God, show me. When is the time? When, when can I meet with you just for five minutes, ten minutes? Where's a place? Sometimes that one's a little harder. 
But secondly, Jesus says this in verses 7 and 8. As you are praying, did you know you can have great confidence when you pray? What do I mean by that? Let's look at what Jesus said in verses 7 and 8. He says, And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles. For they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. Jesus says, when you are praying, don't use meaningless repetition. Some of your translations say, don't use vain repetition. Some of your translations say, don't use empty words. Some of your translations say, don't go on babbling. Really, the best translation is probably empty words. That's literally what it says. Empty words. Words with no meaning. Some believe that this actually, this Greek word is actually, big word here for the day, onomatopoeia. Okay? What that means is, the word itself, when it's spoken, describes the sound, the, this, this sound that it represents. The word is bata. Okay? Don't say bata words. Don't say a bunch of bata. Okay? Now, you say, what is that? Banter, right? That's a word we can think of, right? Don't say a bunch of useless, don't just go garbling on. Like the Gentiles. Like the nations. Like the rest of the world. Now some of you say, see Pastor Robbie? See Pastor Robbie? God says there's a right way to pray and He doesn't want me just babbling on. That's not what it's saying, okay? That's not what it's saying. It's not saying, don't pour out your heart to God because God doesn't want to hear that nonsense. That's not what it's saying. It says, don't be like the nations. Don't be like the other peoples of the world who do not know God. What is it talking about? It's talking about man-made religion in this world. In religion, is it not true before you found Christ? In religion, you can never get it right. Amen? You can never... Get it finished. I can never wash it off. I can never do enough. I can never meet the standard. Well, it's talking about in prayer, when we don't really know the Lord, when we're not really praying to this God that we're about to describe here in these verses, when we're not praying to Him, we're just trying our best. Maybe I'll say the right thing. Maybe I'll get the right configuration of words. Maybe I'll say it enough times. The Lord says, you don't have to do that. You don't have to say the same things over and over again, hoping that God will finally just say, what is it? You don't have to do that. And by the way, I want to say this gently, but I want to to make this observation. I think it's very interesting that Jesus makes that point right before a prayer that many people say over and over again, without even thinking about what they're saying. In fact, some of you come from a background. You maybe went to a, a church school that if you ran in the hall, they said, okay, you got to say five Our Fathers, right? you got to say ten of this prayer. you got to say... So you, you just got to... just to. It feels like what? To make God happy, to do your penance for your wrongdoing, you got to say a bunch of words that you may or may not mean just to make God happy. Friends, that is not what the Lord's Prayer is for. Listen, it is precious. Amen? It is a prayer that God gave us to learn how to talk with Him. And He doesn't want you to feel like, i got to say this 20 times, just right, and then maybe I'll get God's ear. That is not at all 
what the Lord... Isn't it awesome how God anticipated that? In the very passage where He put the Lord's Prayer, He said, you don't have to feel that way with this prayer. Now, this is not saying that we can never use repetition in prayer. Okay, Luke chapter 18, verse 1. The Bible does say, be persistent in prayer. Listen, if your child has gone astray, don't give up. Amen? I've told people in my family, listen, I'm sorry, if you're in my family, I got you. I'm praying for you till the day I die. You could have been in any other family, but you're in my family, so I'm grabbing hold. Amen for the Lord. Amen? And I'm going to keep coming to the Lord for my wife and my kids and my... my um, I was about to say grandkids. That's scary. But for my... For, I don't know where that came from, but that's a long ways off. For my nieces and nephews, let's stick with that. Cousins, that's better. I'm grabbing hold, amen? This is not talking about that. The Bible does say that we should be persistent in our prayer. So it's not talking about repetition. Jesus doesn't say don't use repetition. What did He say? Don't use Bible. Don't use meaningless, empty repetition. This should not feel bad towards us. This should be freeing. You don't just have to make me happy. Listen. Listen to what he says. He says, friend, you can have confidence. Don't, don't be like that, for your father knows. His, that should just wash over you. God cares about you. He knows even before you ask. Now, I know some of you, you're like me. You're already running with that one. We ain't going to talk about that. But listen. That should, that should be a positive, not a negative. That should not be troublesome. That should be, that should be exciting. I was about to open my mouth and talk to God, and He is so thoughtful and attentive toward me that before I said it, Psalm 139 talks about that. Before words on my tongue, He knows. Isn't that comforting? He's big, number one. He knows my thoughts before I even get them out. And number two, He cares. He's paying that close of attention. It's incredible, isn't it? I was driving down the road this week just thinking, God, why do you care about me? Why did you send your son to die for me? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm going with it. Amen? I accept. Thank you. Forever, thank you. You can have confidence in prayer, not just going through religious rituals to make God happy. He will hear your prayer. What are some other reasons that sometimes... We don't have confidence in our prayers. People tell me, Pastor Robbie, sometimes I'm not sure what to say. Isn't that true? Here, okay, here you go. Here you go. Okay, the Lord challenged us this weekend to have a time, have a place. Here we are, Lord. Let's pray. Pastor Robbie said, say good morning. Good morning. Thank you for a good night's rest. Um, amen. Anybody ever gone to sleep praying? Yeah, like 50% of the time, right? So somebody asked me this week, is it okay to pray prayers that other people have prayed? Well, here's what I would say. Because of many of our background, heavily focusing on that, I would give extreme caution to that. Okay? Because prayers aren't really like a paper to be written and recited, right? They're more a personal expression to God. 
Okay, so, so we need to be a little bit careful. But honestly, there's some ways that people have expressed themselves that I can say, you know what, that's kind of what I wanted to say. Or that's similar to maybe how I would have put it. Even then, I'd probably put my own little spin on it. But I don't know that it's wrong necessarily to reflect something that you heard somebody else say. I mean, as long as it's sincere, right? But here's what I really think we're looking for. We you track with me for just a minute? If you don't know what to pray... Pray what God says. And what do I mean by that? Couple your Bible reading with your prayer time. And pray through Scripture. This is an awesome thing. It's especially awesome because we serve a living God. And He's like working in my life right now. It's just not like an accident that I'm on this, this book of the Bible. You, know, you understand what I'm saying? You're going to see that. But if you, even if you don't even know. So take John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Okay, let's pray through that Scripture. If I don't know what else to talk to God about. Okay, John 3.16. For God. Who is God? Well, I remember Pastor Robbie said, He loves me and He knows what I'm going to pray even before it comes out of my mouth. Oh, wow, God, I'm impressed. Thank you. I love you. Isn't that a prayer? Who is God? What do I know about God? He's faithful. Oh yeah, Lord, you just provided a vehicle for us. Thank you for that vehicle. God bless the person that just sold it to us. I pray that they would come to know you as their Savior. I pray that they saw us living, uh, you living through us as they sold us. Amen? You hear what I'm saying? I got that from for God. We haven't even got to loved yet. For God so loved, wow, God could be a mean God. He could be a harsh God, but He's a loving God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. It's not that I knew a thing called love and then I said, oh, God has that. The reason we know a thing called love is because you are love. Thank you that I have some love in my life. Thank you for my wife. Lord, thank you for my children. God, I love my church family. Thank you so much for that. Amen. It's not hard to pray when you pray the Word of God. So if you think about it that way, just pray God's prayers. If you want, if you're trying to learn and you're looking for somebody to give you guidance, let the Word of God be your written prayer that you pray and let God speak to you through that. Sometimes we, we're not confident in our prayers because we're uncertain about God. We don't know how He feels about us. What do we just read in His Word? Your Heavenly Father knows. He cares. We're going to talk more about that in a few weeks when we talk about He's our Heavenly Father. You should never, ever wonder where God stands he loves you. He cares about you. He's got a purpose for you. If things aren't right in your life right now, that doesn't mean things are well between you and Him. Sometimes things need to be taken, and we're going to talk about that here in just a moment. Sometimes things need to be dealt with, but God's warning them to be made right. He's warning things to be well between you. He's made things possible for that to happen. He's offering, so everything, God's just doing all this awesome towards you. You should never be uncertain. Does God love me? Will God accept me? Does God care? Can I come before Him? The answer is absolutely yes. Praise the Lord. Amen? The last thing is this. Sometimes we're not confident because there's sin in our lives. Friends, sin is always going to get in between us and God. If you're a Christian, now listen, all of us have sin. None of us are perfect ever at any given point. But if there is something in your life right now that you know is not honoring God, and you are persisting in that situation, that is going to block your prayer life. And you need to let the Lord deal with that. When you do, 
it is going to open up all kinds of things that you didn't even know were missing. If you're here right now and you've never had your sin washed away, you've never been what the Bible calls born again, don't be scared of that word. I know there's some people that call themselves born again that can be obnoxious, but actually the Bible says we must be born again. There needs to come a time in our lives when we're, we receive God's salvation. He washes our sins away. If that's never happened, you've got a block, you've got really an eternal blockage between you and God that God wants to remove immediately. But you've got to be willing to accept that gift. And we're going to give you that opportunity here in just a moment. Isn't it incredible that we have been given the opportunity to have a relationship with Almighty God? And a huge part of that is what we call prayer. And I'm going to ask you to do it right now. I'm going to ask you to pray. Just right there where you're sitting. Would you talk to God? If God is speaking to your heart, if His Holy Spirit is saying something you know, only you and God know, would you acknowledge that? God, I hear what you're saying. I'm listening, Lord. And whatever that is, would you say, God, I'm willing to trust you in that part of my life. I love you, Lord. And I thank you for loving me. I thank you that 15 minutes ago, even before I prayed this prayer, you knew I was going to be praying it. You're watching me so closely. Maybe you would say to the Lord, as I said this week, God, I don't know why you care so much about me. But I thank you that you do. And I receive your love and your care, your provision, your protection. And I lay down my life at your feet. There's no other response except here, God. Here, take it. I can't do this. You deserve it. You deserve it. Every part of the universe. Certainly my life. It's all I have, but I give it to you. Maybe you're here and you've never prayed that prayer of asking Jesus to come into your heart. You say, Pastor Robbie, it seems so easy, so simple. Yeah, that's God's way, not man's way. Man's way would be you got to jump through a lot of hoops. But God's way is, will you trust me? I've done all the work. Will you receive my gift? And it could be as simple as that. Yes, Lord, I receive your gift. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for washing my sins away. Thank you for making me your child.